Welcome to JSA TV and JSA Podcast, the leading newsroom for telecoms and data center professionals. I'm Jean-Marc Lehman. Joining me today is Jack Badalpiece, CEO and co-founder of 40 Data Centers. Um, Jack, thank you so much for coming on the show. And um, how has the last year treated you? I haven't seen you since, I think, Zurich since February last year. Um, it's been good. Well, it's been interesting, um, as it has been for everybody. Uh, we've just made our way through the pandemic. And uh, I think, like a lot of companies, we're just glad to be seeing the uh, restrictions slowly being lifted. And we're, we're just glad that for us and a lot of our clients, we've been able to get through it in one piece. Um, most of the people who I know, thank goodness, have been um, okay health-wise. Um, so, like I said, um, I'm just glad to be coming out the other side of it at the moment. Well, there's finally a light at the end of the tunnel. So let's hope that the next two, three months, at least for the UK, um, yeah. things get better. Um, but talking about the UK, you're a UK-based operator, collocation operator, um, a network services provider as well. Um, you actually do see that side of London, and I would like to talk about that as well. Um, but let's talk about the UK market first. There's a lot that has happened, um, I mean, almost on a weekly basis now, uh, in terms of Downing Street. But we've got Brexit, we are on the 1st of July now, uh, which means... Um, regulations towards European citizens are different. Um, we've got COVID, we've got new legislation coming through. Give us a sense of the state of the market in the UK um, in terms of data center businesses and uh, what's the investment feeling like as well? But don't forget about the data adequacy uh, ruling that came through just a couple of days ago as well, which was uh, pretty, pretty good news for um, a lot of the data center and cloud operators here in the UK. Um, obviously, getting data adequacy formalized is going to be quite an important step towards uh, maintaining that levels of uncertainty that we've been seeing over the last uh, 12 months, not only with the pandemic, but obviously, as you've just said, with uh, with Brexit as well. Um, the UK market's been really challenging uh, for the last 15 months. Um, I think like a lot of businesses, we've all had to adapt to a new way of working. Um, but I think that the data center sector, certainly in the UK, has probably done a better job uh, than most, and certainly from a collaboration point of view. Um, when the pandemic hit, we were really lucky to be part of a community where major data center operators in the UK, that we came together and we actually discussed and we um, troubleshot a lot of the challenges that we're facing us. And some of the bigger providers um, who not only have got data centers here in the UK, but have also got international presence, so places like uh, Milan and also Wuhan in China, um, where they were seeing the pandemic occurring two or three months um, ahead of us, um, they were able to give some share some really useful insights. So from a collaboration point of view, I think we've, we've come together and we've, we've actually come out the other side um, stronger than ever. Um, we've also had some good collaboration with the UK government over the course of the last year, partially um, in relation to the, uh, the pandemic response and the way that they were able to get data infrastructure added to the key worker status. So that was great. Um, and I think as far as tech business, tech business in the UK is concerned, um, like all technical businesses around the world, as people are starting to work from home and adapt to new ways of working, um, we are net beneficiaries of that transition. Um, so Yes, I think Brexit has had an impact um, on the UK market. I think it's going to be a little bit difficult to disentangle what's happened with the pandemic versus some of the supply chain challenges and human resource challenges we're seeing with Brexit. Um, but for the most part, um, we seem to be still going strong. The UK market seems to be very buoyant. Hmm. I mean, I love the point about collaboration as well and how others were three months ahead um, and they share the information. I think that's very important. And um, I mean, I keep saying it, the industry has an amazing well um, over the pandemic, uh, and we still got a, a while to go, but I think we are, we will be fine. 
um, globally. But uh, an interesting thing that we also see in the UK is the rise of the data center outside of London. Uh, I mean, this is not completely new, but now this seems to be an acceleration, um, even with American operators coming into the UK, acquiring some of the data centers outside of London, um, especially in Wales. Um, give us a sense of what's happening outside of London and what are the benefits of um, having your infrastructure collocated outside of the capital? So I feel like we're a bit of ahead of the curve on this one. Um, yeah, you, you've been there for a while now. <laughs> we've been there for a while. I mean, um, we're, we're, I think, probably what a class is a regional data centre uh, for a very short period of time when the uh, the phrase was uh, still trendy. I think we may have even described ourselves as an edge data centre, although I think that might be stretching the truth a little bit. Um, everything is edge nowadays. So. Everything is edge nowadays. So <laughs> the fact that we're not in central London, I think we're, we're proud to, to take that uh, take that uh, moniker. Hmm. Um, I think there are lots of factors that are driving investments outside of central London. I mean, one of the reasons that, that we originally set up um, our data centre um, just inside the M25, but outside of central London, is because we saw that there was a, a market um, for, uh, for, for a, a retail co-location provider um, not in central London, providing services for small and medium-sized businesses um, in some of the southern counties um, just south of London. And that business model has worked really well for us. In fact, it worked so well that we set up another site um, very, fairly close to, to Gatwick Airport. Um, and a lot of that is to do with the fact that geography does make a difference. You know, Despite what um, a lot of people say, certainly when it comes to co-location, um, people want to be able to drive to their data centre in order to upgrade or fix their servers, or, or just inspect them and make sure that they're okay. So mm -hmm. physically being within an hour's drive of a data center is really important. And obviously, if you're not working inside central London or inside one of the central metro areas, um, then, then that, that's not going to be an option for some businesses. So convenience is one thing. There's also the question about latency. Um, and obviously, again, as companies are starting to grapple with hybrid working, or I think it's now referred to not uh, WFO working from home, or mm -hmm. working the office WFH which works from home but it's WFA working from anywhere mm -hmm. I think companies are really grappling with the idea of being able to have their workers work from any location latency and the ability to connect to their servers quickly is, is becoming an important factor so again geographically making sure that you are physically as close to your servers um, is becoming a factor um, and I, I think uh yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those trends um, which uh, I think I we'll have to pause. I'm sorry, I might have messed it up a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I was on a roll and then I, uh, I my head went off in a different direction. Where would you like <laughs> to pick it up from? Um, I think from where you said um, the working from home trend and working from anywhere. Yeah. Um, I think it was after you made that point that you kind of stopped. Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> up to that point, it was all, it was all good. Okay. Um, so, yes, there is a, a widespread adoption of uh, remote working uh, from home. And I think that w for certain roles, um, I think that uh, it is possible for, for people to be able to, to look after their IT infrastructure and not be geographically close. Um, but there are certainly roles within the data center sector, um, such as facilities engineers, support engineers, where we still physically need feet on the ground. Um, so I think geography is still an important factor. Hmm. Well, that's interesting because um, location being close to the user um, and I guess the working from anywhere, it's quite interesting because one thing I've seen a lot and some people have reached out as well, it's the rise of the digital nomad. Um, so your data center and data centers outside of the main city, especially the FLAP uh, markets plus Dublin, so FLAP plus D, um, they seem to really be rising now on the back of this digital nomad 
trend that we're seeing from the, the pandemic, which we're going, probably going to see in the next 10, 20 years. This has just accelerated um, one or two decades in the space of 12 months. <laughs> yes. Um, but you've already touched a little bit on 4D and reasons why being outside of London, or at least central London. Um, tell us more about the company. How did it start? Who are your clients? A snapshot of your client space. Um, just talk us through the business and also please talk about sustainability and how you address climate change because um, that's one of the most important things um, at the moment. So as, as I mentioned, we are a, a, a regional data centre, so we're outside of the, the major metro area of, um, of central London, but we still serve uh, London customers. Um, originally, we were finding a lot of our customers were actually London-based and they were using us for DR, um, but uh, they started to use us for their production. And when we built a second data centre in Gatwick, um, they started splitting their workloads, their production and backup um, between our Byfleet data centre, which is close to Heathrow, and our, our Gatwick site. Um, so that's our main business. Um, we're a retail co-location provider. Most of our clients are small and medium-sized businesses. We do have some larger clients as well, and we do look after organisations like the NHS. Um, but over the years, we've expanded our service offering and we've gone into things like uh, broadband for businesses. So we're effectively a B2B ISP. Mm-hmm. Um, we also offer um, cloud solutions. So we've got our own little public cloud set up. And uh, more recently, and very popular as well, are private cloud solutions as well. Um, and I think that combined with the connectivity and the colo is where we're now finding ourselves as uh, more of a solution provider. And uh, the word hybrid cloud and hybrid co-location gets bounded around a lot. Um, I'm not sure if many people necessarily know what it is, but it is actually the direction I think a lot of companies are going in because rather than one IT infrastructure being a fit for everything and everyone, I think companies are starting to recognize that certain demands are better held on a dedicated server, perhaps in a in a data center, um, whereas other certain services are perhaps better suited for, say, a hyperscale cloud provider. So that's kind of the market that we look after. You mentioned um, climate change. Um, this is something which is really important to me um, as a business owner. Um, and I think for the sector as a whole, and I think ESG is an area which is becoming a lot more, um, it's getting a lot more focus. Certainly, if you've seen in the press recently, there are um, some organizations like uh, Engine Number One, which have been able to get a couple of their uh, members onto the board of some uh, major oil companies. Um, and I think that data centers have got a really big part to play in, in talking about how we are either affecting um, climate change and how we're actually working towards uh, mitigating some of the worst parts of climate change. Um, I think one of the important things to remember is that data centers um, are are motivated to be as efficient as possible. Um, We do things on a very different scale to a lot of um, small, uh, a lot of businesses, especially Mm. if a business is trying to build a data center within its building or just trying to kind of like build like a comms room or something like that. Typically those are quite inefficient. Data centers like ours, we build things on a much bigger scale and we look at the best type of technology um, that's going to bring the greatest efficiency. And we've seen some huge efficiency gains in things like cooling technology over the last 10 years. Uh, and again, just as we were um, innovative and, uh, and um, uh, leaders as far as becoming a regional data center was concerned, we actually started to build our first um, evaporative cooling system in our Biofleet data okay. center nearly 10 years ago. We won a whole load of green awards uh, for that when we did it. And lots of other companies and data centers are following that trend at the moment. Um, but from a, a climate perspective, I think data centers are on average, far better, more efficient solution um, for companies that 
will need to run their IT systems um, if, if they're looking at the, um, the amount of power that they'll be using by running those systems in the office versus putting them into a data center. I think data centers win every single day of the week. Okay. Um, I think you picked up on a lot of different good things in there, especially the bespokanization um, of services, um, especially as a collocation operator. Um, and then, of course, in the climate change, I mean, what you said about evaporating cooling, they've been using for more than a decade. Um, that's often the truth. The truth is that a lot of these technologies and experiments, they start with the, the boutique players, and then it goes on to the bigger players. So you guys are always ahead um, of probably the bigger ones because they can't risk as much. Um, and I'm glad it paid off. And um, I'm sure you're going to be getting into solar power <laughs> at some stage as well. Actually, um, mentioning power, that, that is, I think, the, the next big step for companies like ours and a lot of other data centers, um, localized um, um, localized power generation from renewable sources. Um, this is something that we're slowly starting to talk about. Um, and I, I think that there are going to be some, some big opportunities. Um, the technology isn't quite there at the moment. I think the economic uh, incentives are Aren't quite there as well um but i think watch this space over the next five to ten years data centers will be leading the charge in in creating localized and uh, energy generation uh, sources from renewable energies and that can be from either solar power um which obviously has certain challenges in this country where it seems to be gray half the time uh, in the skies um but also there are some other interesting solutions like um green gas solutions um, i think america is leading the charge in terms of green hydro concerns and so these are things that we're starting to look at right now as well yeah well that'll be definitely interesting transition to see happening um over the next five years um, but talking about the next five years as well and not just on power what are the plans for 4d over the next 12 to 18 months um especially in terms of expansion i mean what other markets are you going to be building in other markets um even just regional like landmarks in the uk but w- what's the plan where are you going um, so we want to carry on doing the same. We want to carry on growing. Um, I'm hoping that somewhere in our next uh, two or three year plan, there's going to be a third data center in the works. Um, but in Where? a, a whereabouts, I, I yep. couldn't possibly say. Um, well, probably somewhere in the southeast. Um, personally, I don't want to have to commute too far. Um, so from a selfish <laughs> point of view, uh, I suspect it's going to be well within uh, driving distance of where I live. And again, so, yeah, that's, I was- I, Another, another tick for the uh, the people who want to have their data centers close to where they live. Sorry, I was going to say we got to find where you live and then just do an hour radio around you. Know then... Yeah, but I, I live fairly close to the M25, so you've got the whole of London, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yes, uh, expansion, hopefully a third data center. In the, the slightly shorter to medium term, um, we've been really fortunate um, with our foresight when it came to our, our cooling and our gamut data center that we have the capacity and ability to build out um, uh, high density cooling solutions. So over the last year, we've started to build things like rear dual cooling, and we've also very recently built up an immersion cooling system for our clients. Um, and these are some really cool, um, we get excited about them in the data center world at least, um, cooling solutions that are allowing some of our customers to do some very, very uh, power intense um, CPU, GPU intensive um, uh, operations. So I think the HPC route is certainly an area that we're going to continue to expand into and is very exciting for me and, uh, and my team. Does that include um, cryptocurrency as well or just HPC, just normal HPC? It's mostly normal HPC. Um, we've actually seen um, two trends of uh, crypto miners um, over the last three years. The first time when Bitcoin went through the roof and actually in the last two or three months, we've had quite a few inquiries. Um, the, the honest answer is uh, a data center like ours, a tier three data center, 
we're never going to be the best place um, for uh, running cryptocurrency miners. Um, we we provide 24-hour support and we've got all of these generators and aircon units all with M plus one built into them. Um, you're paying for something that really you don't need when it comes to cryptocurrency mining. You're not looking for uptime and reliability. You're looking for somewhere where you can run um, ASIC um, crypto miner uh, rigs um, for as cheap as, as cheap as possible. And um, there are data centers out there, tier mm. two data centers, for example, that don't offer quite as many services that we do that are going to be cheaper. Um, and there are other places um, where electricity is a lot cheaper and i would certainly recommend that if you are getting into crypto mining do have a think about where you're actually going to be running it i've had a couple of very concerned um, partners uh where their their husbands perhaps have um have bought a crypto miner it's creating a lot of noise in their home and they want to move it out and they haven't quite realized how expensive it would be to put it into a tier three data center so yeah it's mostly hbc stuff at the moment well, let's just move to the, to Finland. <laughs> That's all. Move, move to Iceland or Finland <laughs> or Russia. Um, there are loads of China is very popular here as far as cryptocurrency. Yeah. <laughs> so lots of cheap electricity out there. <laughs> just gotta get that visa sorted. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but look, Jack. So if people want to get to know more about 4D and how to get in touch, where could they go and find more information? Um, our website is um, is a great place to start, um, 4d-dc.com. Um, so that's where you can find most of our information. But we are also on uh, LinkedIn and on Twitter. Um, and we try and post as regularly as we can um, our thoughts on things like HPC, um, data adequacy, which is a, a personal um, interest of mine, uh, and, uh, and all things UK data center related. So yes, our website, uh, LinkedIn and Twitter are the best places to find us. And you do have a very good blog as well. And you're also part of, I think, Tech UK. Um, so there's a lot of things coming out of you sometimes that are really interesting to read. Yeah. Um, but Jack, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and I hope you enjoyed your time here. And um, thank you, our viewers, for tuning into JSA TV and JSA Podcast. And don't forget to check out our social media channels for more content. Until next time, happy networking. Thanks for having me.